Blog Talk Radio. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame. Amid the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. This is from Rabia the Mystic. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. Playing behind us is Anil Be Thy Stole, and uh, my co-host is Brian. Brian, welcome, and please invite us in with your invocation. Good morning, listeners. Our dear, only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent Him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent us will direct us. We are content to wherever He wishes knowing He goes there with us. We will be healed as we let him teach us to give. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. I am great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Good. It's been an interesting two weeks for me. Why don't you tell Lots us about it? changes in my life. Well, tell us about it. Well, I've had, a, I've had lots of changes, and one of those changes is I've had a new relationship come into my life. And it's been a glorious one and fantastic and very new and different for me. So it's been very exciting. Great. Great. So do you want to tell us anything more about that? Uh, She's wonderful. (laughs) What else is there to say? (laughs) I guess there's not much more that needs to be said. It's amazing how when we find love in our lives, our lives kind of just come into a, a very nice, calm place. As we were saying, yes. as I was saying earlier, it's um, you know, my friends, it's not hard to believe that we are all connected on the other side when we find someone that we connect with on this side so fully and totally. So that's mm. wonderful. That's wonderful. And what does your friend do? Um, well, she's she's going to school right now to study to be um, kind of like a massage therapist and and doing Reiki and things along those lines. Understand Reiki. Good for her. That's wonderful. That's a great job to uh, to have to allow yourself to heal and work on other people. Good for her. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And she does well at it. Good. Good. That's great. Well, I came out and you. Oh, thank you for asking. I started on my own. I came back from Santa Fe last week on uh, Sunday morning. I landed at what would have been just about the middle of the show had we been on the air. And uh, things have been good. The time in Santa Fe was wonderful. Uh, It's always very uplifting to be in Santa Fe. And this time it was a little bit interesting. Um, On a human level, I had a lot of successes in that my friend and I have been, uh, my friend has this absolutely splendid house, and she uh, solicits my input on decorating it. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes I'm amazed that anyone would, but she does. <coughs> I guess other people do too, because my daughter told me that everywhere I go I seem to do that, and I didn't realize it. But um, so this week we, we did some decorating, but what was exciting was not just feeling the energy come together by placing items correctly in um, her bedroom. We we just moved a few items around, put some things up that she had ordered, I don't know, maybe even last summer when I was there. It was a long time ago, maybe the fall. But we got these items on the wall, and then we got everything kind of in an isosceles triangle facing from the door as you walk in with this huge crystal. She, in New Mexico, they have gigantic crystals. They have them everywhere, but in New Mexico especially, uh, easy to find. And so as you walked in the room, you got goosebumps. 
So her entire bed every night when she goes to sleep is infused by this this combination of crystals and uh, that are, that we put along the wall in little hanger things along the wall and then this culminating uh, at the point uh, in this um, at the far right point not the the top point but the far right point in this this large crystal and it just exquisite you walk in that room and it's like whoa you just think ooh this is beautiful so we got that done and i just felt physically felt the power of that room revisited and then um and then we worked on her office because we've worked on her living room before and her dining room stuff has now arrived and so the office was the last thing unless she decides to work on the room i sleep in i suppose that could be an option but it seems to be fine to me but uh the thing in the office that made me so excited was uh we put together uh, a desk and i played a significant role in helping to put it together and i was proud of myself as a human because i normally will not take on those kinds of projects i have a little bit on occasion with my overstock.com purchases but this was huge far different than screwing on four legs and oh my gosh it it came out it had it had a credenza and shelves and doors and drawer and it, it was like whoa and i did it all and the doors line up right i've watched enough home tv programs uh the doors line up right everything seemed great so i i've just that was wonderful just human things and then on a spiritual level uh i had my guides kept calling it a confluence and that really made me feel uncomfortable because i had a human image of confluence and it was where all the the garbage comes out into the uh, waterway you know so all the sewage if it's not you know used to just converge into pure clean water and for my mind whatever reason that's what i was seeing as a confluence and it is a coming together of many things and um Santa Fe i really believe is my soul home i'm so pleased when i go there it's it's a good place for me and i felt while i was there just um this leaving of old thoughts and coming in of new thoughts and i i i'm not going to say that i I know that I left a different place as a different person but we always every day every second we leave as a different person so that's not saying a lot but I feel different and I'm far more conscientious I'd like to think I was before but now I'm far more conscientious about the power of the word I I truly truly am and uh I have to be frank with you this week I I was just impressed over and over again with how our president is handling things and his word and it truly gives me hope that the um anti-Christ anti-love period of human existence is over and we are moving into the uh time of love of of man recognizing his and her true nature and um being able to reach out and do simple things and and that in part is what prompted um the essay but I I will talk about the essay we're going to do today but um I I oh, there were multiple occasions I read in the news perhaps the one that was that impressed me with how hu- how human this president is whether he's taking his wife for uh dinner in Paris or he's doing something else but the other day I think it was Wednesday Thursday or Friday they were having a town meeting somewhere and this little girl's dad was selected as a speaker and you've probably all heard it or seen it on the on the network uh, you know on the internet but um the man mentioned that he was concerned his daughter might get in trouble for having come to this moment as event instead of going to school and 
What impressed me was the president thought of a solution, not a bunch of words about, gee, oh, it's all going to be okay, and I'm sure they'll understand, which I'll be frank with you, I probably would have done. Instead, he said, would you like me to write you a note? Hmm. Or I can write you a note. And he proceeded to write this child a note and took it down and handed it to her to take back to school. He moved immediately into a solution mm-hmm. that was not offensive, that didn't take away anyone's power. It was uplifting. And it left me wondering, and, and that's really my goal now, is to try to come up, when people speak to me, instead of giving them backwards, give them the simple solution that's within my power. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there isn't. And then it's simply, I, I hope you find a solution to that. You know, not empty words, but genuine words. But they become genuine because of, of your interaction. So I've come back from Santa Fe after having experienced a confluence. And the only way I can explain that to anyone is it felt like my whole mind was just constantly be having energy poured into it and segmented like um, molds, like there were molds in my body and in my mind, in my chakras, and all of these little, I was divided, my entire being was divided into tiny little cookie cutter molds. And they were all being shaped and the molding was being pulled out and pulled together so that there was this confluence, this combining of me as 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 a new thinker and beer. Now, whether, you know, my humanity will undo what the divinity did, I don't know. But it was amazing, just truly amazing. Well, that's fantastic. Oh. And and I and I do have a, a message to share with you, and that is, you won't go back. Thank you. You don't have to worry about your humanity getting in the way of your divinity. Thank you, thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate that. I do. You're welcome, and I'm glad that you did this for yourself, because this is a blessing for yourself, and this is the. And and when you bless yourself, you bless everyone else. And this is the exact topic that we're going to be talking about today on the show, and that is how we can use our words for positivity, even when a situation seems maybe not so positive. We don't have to use criticism or helping to find a solution as a negative, and therefore try to use our humanity to interrupt our divinity, if you will. And instead, we can flow with the divinity and be given the simple solution. Because that's one thing that's so true about life is the solution is always simple. It simplifies. And the problem is what's complex. And when we're trying to solve a problem from the same frame of mind as the problem, we can't because it's getting in the way. There's too much stuff in the way. And so we have to allow ourselves into the simple answer, the simple response. And therefore, the problem will be, as you noticed, taking care of itself, if you will. Almost like you didn't have to do a thing. You just had to let it happen. And this is the way we can support one another with our words and our care in helping one another to find the solutions in our lives. And one thing that I really just wanted to bring up real fast about that situation is I don't watch television very much, so I didn't know about this situation with the president. But one thing that came to mind when you shared that is that he's bringing equality to the people because in the past, the president was looked at as better than, above, special. And he's being very humane with everyone. I remember one story a couple weeks back where he just all of a sudden went out and had lunch at a local restaurant amongst the people. And because it was spontaneous, they couldn't really do a secret service search, if you will, and make sure the whole area is detained and whatnot. 
He just said, I'm a human being, they're a human being, I'm hungry, let's go have lunch. And I love that aspect of what he's doing because it's making it realize, it's helping everyone realize that we all are in this together and there is no one better than anyone else and it takes everyone to come together to live. And that's a wonderful aspect that I noticed that he's bringing to the table. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. No one is better than anyone else. And how often we lose sight of that. Um, To me, that is one of the problems. Let me back up. I think whatever path any of our listeners take to the light, I give them blessings for that path, on that path and on that journey. In myself, I came to notice that one of the things that troubled me and broke my heart, I would, I was very active in my church, and I would get, I found that I started getting migraines. When I was standing, I would be the second person. I don't know what that was, the minister, and then the second person. I'd stand at this little thing to read the scripture for the day, and I would just get this migraine headache as I would listen to the words that were being talked about, and I'd look out at the people and see the things that were being said between people and and it was always that somehow there was some group that was not enough and needed to be saved Hmm. and that broke my heart because very everyone is saved god loves everyone it's like a beautiful giant piece of jewelry and Every one of us has our own special gem that sparkles with our own special intensity. And if any one of us are missing from that piece of jewelry, the jewelry is flawed. It's not perfect. And and so it takes all of us. And And so saving in the sense of reminding people of their value is one thing. Saving in the sense of making people feel that they uh, have, I don't know, that they're unworthy unless they believe a certain dogma or they say words in a certain way or they go to church on Monday night and Wednesday night and on, you know, on Sunday uh, morning. And uh, those kinds of things, if they give you peace, blessing blessings but for if not doing those things gives any of our listeners chaos just let it go god that's not a man that's a man rule not a god rule mm-hmm. in god's eyes we're all equal and um which is why today i i have a new listener her name is purple sage and I went to thank her for asking me to be a friend, and I say namaste to her if she's listening now. And I say namaste to everyone out there. Good morning. Welcome, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, But when I went to her site, she had this Yogananda quote dealing with uh, critical words and are they necessary. And so that prompted me to think, you know what, Uh, that's what Brian and I should talk about next week is is the critical words that we use and also the critical words we use not only for others but for ourselves. How often do we prevent ourselves from coming to a place of peace because we have to cling to what happened in the past or move forward to the future and not enjoy the present? Brian, I want to tell you about this wonderful thing I found in Santa Fe. It's great. You need to get one. And uh, what it is, is it's called a Buddha board. (laughs) I love it. And, you know, are you familiar with the Zen gardens? You're a little bit young, but there was a time when just about every office, you know, seemed to have a little, people tended to have little Zen gardens on their desk. Have you ever seen one? Yes. Okay. It's the same concept, but really, in my mind, so much improved. Because with the Zen garden, it involved the interaction of an of another human being going and raking out the word that you wrote in. 
for those listeners who aren't familiar with a Zen garden, it it was it's a little plate of sand. I'm sure there's many more glamorous words, but it's a little plate of sand that has a little rake. And with the plate of sand, the uh, you can write a word in there. Everybody and, and people wrote whatever word was in their heart in the moment. So I've come past the Zen garden and see the word F-U-C-K in it. I'll be frank, I have. And I've raked it out and I put in the word love. That seemed to be my word. I, you know, whenever I saw a Zen garden, I wanted to write love. And that's been forever since I saw them when, in my, when I was as young as Brian, in my early 30s. So, <coughs> excuse me. But it always involves somebody else coming along and, and taking the little rake. And it, it's, it's a fun thing. And themselves going into the moment and writing a word down. And people would write another word down. I know my love didn't stay there eternally. So um, I happened to go into this store in uh, Santa Fe. And I'm going to give it a plug. It's called The Ark. I used to like it more than I like it now because now it's modern. And I'm like all human beings. I like things not to change very much. And it changed in just you know, three short months. Uh, But it had this thing called a Buddha board. And what it is, is you need, if you can visualize, there's a rectangular pedestal that's full of water. And across that rectangular pedestal, one rests a brush. And then there's a spot, and and there's a a spot where this, piece of I don't even know what it is it's just a piece it looks like a piece of drawing paper attached to a black uh, black um, like frame and you sit it in across you sit it also across this rectangular and you're setting it uh, widthwise not lengthwise and so this little, you know, and I see it and I know I want to have it. And I know that I understand what it says, and, and I'm going to share that with you, what it said in the writing. But let me share it with what I, through, let me share it with you through how I experienced it. So, of course, I'm in there showing everybody and I make my boss do it and da-da-da-da. And I don't think much about it. And uh, I, I work in a fairly open environment. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I do on occasion, actually one day a week, I do CPS cases. I represent the county in CPS cases. And there's a little girl who was part of our system who isn't anymore. And she periodically ends up uh, coming through our office because she's related to a family member in the building. And so she comes in and she says, what is that? And I said, well, that's called a Buddha board, pick up the brush and paint something. So she painted this beautiful little heart. It was lovely. And, I mean, it was really perfect. It was wonderful. And I said, you put on there what you're thinking about in the moment. But, you know, with the way of all of us, when you've got a paintbrush in your hand, you get a little excited, and next thing you know, you've got something else and something else and something else. And pretty soon we couldn't tell what she had because there was so much, you know, painting on the paper. And uh, and then and she says, oh, I knew I should have had my sister here. She would have done a better job. And I says, I think your job is perfect. Don't worry about it. And I says, because you know what's going to happen here, even though you think that you've messed up here. In about 60 seconds, it's going to be a perfectly clear board for you to start over again. Mm-hmm. That's the Buddha board. Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. I love that. Me too. Me too. What a wonderful insight that you had that you were able to share with us because that's exactly right. We can make mistakes, but then we can realize that we can always start afresh in the next moment. We always have, we're always um, released from that moment in the next moment. And we don't have to carry that old moment around with us. And in realizing that and letting it go, we change instantaneously. And then we no longer act in that way. Just from the desire of no longer wishing to act that way, we don't. And even if we have traces of it, follow us, if you will, we can consciously say, well, that's not me anymore. And 
come right back to tearing off that piece of paper again and starting afresh. Yeah. And so if we, I love that analogy, and I love that. That would be great for everyone to get as a reminder of you're always in a new clean slate in every moment. I know. Isn't that great? I love them. I mean, really, it's just gorgeous. It's it's a wonderful thing, and and that's and and that's the idea about our words that we use with each other. Kind of the core. We're going to slip into doing some centering exercise uh, in a moment with Brian. But before we get there, that's really kind of the idea when when we're talking to each other about something that's happened. Are we talking in such a way that we leave open? the doors to the wonderful reality that we all start every moment fresh, that every moment is a present from God? Or do we use words that trap someone in a past mistake? Um, Another example I recently came across was a, uh, a young man, brilliant, grade point average above 4.0. Brilliant, uh, hard working, comes from a big family, but he made the mistake when he was a teenager, and he is a teenager still. But when he was younger, to to become involved with a group of boys and steal some stuff, and he um, was placed on probation, and he lives with his father. And his father and and his stepmother have done a remarkable job of helping him to turn around his life. But now he's graduating from college. And instead of encouraging him to reach out there and try everything and possibly face disappointment because of his youthful indiscretion, which, by the way, is sealed, the parents are saying, oh, no, no, you can't do this because... You did that. And so now this young man is going, which may be the right thing for him in the end, is going to go into the military as an infantry soldier. We all know what that means in today's world. Rather than going to college, uh, trying to go to college because of the fear that he will be rejected because of his past indiscretions. To me, that shows the power of words, my friends. Mm-hmm. It really does. Makes me sad. Well, this is where exactly what we were talking with, about with that Buddha boy, is that we can wipe that slate clean. And sometimes it takes us being the stronger one of the two. In other words, even though he's the younger one and he's the child of the parents, he could simply say to himself, to himself, that that's not me anymore. And I'm, I don't have to worry about that situation popping up again or being a barrier in my future. Yeah. I think that's one of, the, one of the most misunderstood things that get carried on in life is the once you've done something, you can never outgrow it or you can never... Um, make amends for it because it's done and it's set in stone and blah, blah, blah. And we don't set ourselves free. And that's the the judgment that we carry with us when we're using critical words. In fact, when we're using, since we're talking about using critical words, when we're using critical words, if we're attaching the word critical to it, we could um, automatically realize that it's coming from a place of judgment because we have our ideas of what is right and what is wrong, and we're trying to be helpful to that one, but we're trying to be helpful to that one in the way we think is helpful, rather than in the way we that might be actually helpful for that other one. And so when we can, instead of coming up with critical words, we can come up with helpful words. And to come up with helpful words, we need to, if you will, check in with ourselves to make sure that we're not having an agenda behind what it is that we're sharing. And we're looking at it like a counselor would look at it from a third party who has no you know, agenda in this matter and is just trying to be truly helpful to the best of their training or ability, if you will. 
and when we can start to separate ourselves in that emotional connection when trying to help out especially family and friends and just be a helpful presence in their life, we can find both parties, us and the one we're helping, be helped because if we if we take a look at it from a, a metaphysical direction, when we take our ego out of the situation, then we're actually a benefit to that other one because we're not, again, having an agenda of our own and therefore skewing the help that we could be in that instance. And so this is something that we can, unfortunately, a lot of times have to do for ourselves because we don't have the support from others who are even thinking along those lines. But to do that, whether it be for ourselves or for another, is such a blessing and such a needed aspect in life nowadays. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I recognize that this is a little bit long, but I really would like to read this criticism by Yogananda. I may skip a few sections that, God forbid, that I would say Yogananda is redundant, but I think it really goes to that. And as as we're getting ready for you to do our meditation, it says, when criticized, analyze thyself. Take a thorough look at thy life's activities. Through the uncompromising eyes of thy censors, survey and criticize thyself. If thou dost find fault in thyself, correct it quietly and walk on. If thou dost not find in thyself the fault whereof thou art accused, smile within and go thy way in stoic dignity. If persecutors continue to jeer at thee and demand a response, answer with love, not enmity. If thou dost hold a position in which others look to thee for light, answer or battle for truth with love in thy heart, not for thy honor or for fear of fame, but to uphold the glory and purity of truth. Let thy actions and be words and words be not for the sake of victory, nor for shaming others, nor to feed thy vanity, but only for truth. Love for truth, however, must always be tempered with the love of avoiding hurt to others. Defamation, and you know what, folks, that is something I recognize in myself. I don't want to hurt anybody. Defamation of others in the name of spreading truth or for the sake of one's own benefit is a sign of ego and inner weakness, a desire to make oneself appear taller by cutting off the heads of others. Fight not, even for truth. If love is not in thy heart, hatred cannot be conquered by hatred. Meanness cannot be overcome by meanness. If in the guise of defending truth, hatred or vengeful or an inflated ego precipitates in thy heart, a desire to battle thy detractors forsakes the light. First, culture love. Love is thy strength and thy greatest ally. Its salve will heal the wounds inflicted by the hatred of your enemies, and love is never defeated. Even death in the attempt to conquer hatred ends love's victory for the immortal soul. I'm looking here. I saw, I'm skipping now some because it is very long. And, and I actually had a favorite at the kind of at the bottom. And, and excuse me just a moment, but I would be reading for another 10 minutes at the rate we're going. Um, the divine way is to the divine way is to judge thyself, not others. Unless thou doest doest thine own housekeeping, thou hast no right to tell others their houses are unclean. If others sincerely ask thee for thine opinion, then judge them not with bias or personal aim, but with impartial love and give them your loving suggestions, no compromise with wrong acts, no mere pitying the wrongdoer, no unkind criticism of the transgressor, but tutor the error-stricken with unfathomable love. Say unto your brother, my heart bursts for the suffering caused to you by your own wrong actions. Mend your ways. I love to see you well. True words may be hurtful and bitter, so coat them with sugar of love and kindness that they may be more easily swallowed by the one stricken with the fever of evil. If your views are not welcome, be silent. 
mentally send to the wrongdoer good, loving words. And this is the last paragraph, which to me kind of says it all. Hold on just a second. Be busy in making yourself good. Your example would talk a million times louder than words. Counteract criticism by humbly living the principles of truth. Reform yourself and watch your example. Let others be inspired to reform themselves. That is what's wanted and needed in this world, those who are criticizers of themselves, not others. Conquer vice by virtuous example, error by truth, hatred by love, ignorance by wisdom, fear by courage, narrow-mindedness by understanding, bigotry by liberality, Let these virtues begin with yourself. Be attentive to your own mental health housekeeping, and perchance others will be encouraged to get busy doing the same for themselves. Yes. And I'm going to put on, because it is a pathless journey we wander, I'm going to put on Daniel Kobiaka's uh, pathless journey for Brian's meditation as we look at our own housekeeping and realize that in the next moment, all is new. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Maya. Let's spend these next few minutes becoming quiet becoming centered in our own being so that we can go within and become more familiar with who we truly are. And as we connect with this inner knowing, this inner being of truth, we begin to live from there more and more. And our actions, behaviors, and the words we say become ones of only healing, only truth, and only love. So let us connect with our truth, our love, our centers. Let us now close our eyes and begin to breathe slowly and deeply in whichever way you find most comfortable. And as you breathe in and breathe out, I want you to feel yourself naturally begin to slow your breath, but it happens naturally of its own accord. Just by simply keeping your attention, keeping your focus on your breath and on your desire to relax. And as you breathe in through the nose and out through the nose, I want you to bring your attention to the bridge of your nose, feeling the air passing through your nostrils. You take a clean, new, fresh breath in. And as you let it out, you feel lighter as you release your old ways of being, as you release the old hurtful words you said, as you release your past, and allow yourself to be fresh and new with a new clean slate in this moment. And now as you continue to focus on your breath, you might notice thoughts coming to you, some thoughts that you might not necessarily enjoy right now. You might be criticizing because of they weren't you showing your best in that moment. And as they pop up, I want you to surround them with a bubble of love, if you will, with a cocoon compassion and as you surround them I want you to 
blow this bubble away with your next exhalation. Watching this situation, these hurtful words, this negative feeling go away as you blow it away, as you send it on its way. And as you do this, you might begin to notice that you are the observer of this situation, this feeling that at one time you thought was you. But now from this vantage point, you can see that it is separate from you. And you were just along for the ride. But you don't want to have that ride anymore. That wasn't a pleasant experience. And so in sending it away, you are now fresh and clean with a new slate to experience something else. And as we spend time coming into our center, coming into the place of love, we are filling that new clean slate with a vision and experience and the feel of love. And this becomes cultivated in our experience. The more we desire and take the time to spend here in our center. And we will begin to see in our experience more and more situations of love, situations of peace, situations of joy and we'll notice almost as if it's just happening to us our words will become more helpful to another rather than critical to another as we let go of our own judgments upon ourselves cleaning the, the slate away on our own inner Buddha board we are then given the eyes to see that we can know what we're seeing in the other one at this moment is going to be clean slate in the next moment and we don't have to hold any emotions or upset that we have of what another painted on their Buddha board that we observed and we can exonerate them of their own inner judgment as we exonerate ourselves of our own inner judgment by releasing these things. So by visualizing and taking the action to send bubble of what you no longer wish to experience on its way, you are cleaning the board rather than staring at it going now I've got no room left so I can't change a thing the whole thing is full already we can simply send that on its way clean the slate and start afresh start anew so let us bring our attention back to the bridge of our nose as we continue to breathe into the nose and out of the nose, being at peace with this fresh new moment, this fresh new board. And as we spend time in this place of our center, we are spending time in the place of infinite possibility where anything is possible. And especially things that we have not yet even considered as a possibility can happen and so the more we spend in this place the more surprised joyously surprised we will be in our life of these things that manifest or come into our life from this place of our center so I encourage you throughout the week to spend time in a place of quiet, in a place of
cleaning off your board so that you can start afresh and start anew. And it doesn't require taking 10, 20, or even 30 minutes to do, although it's very beneficial to do that. But you can simply clean your slate throughout your day by just remembering to yourself that that hurtful thing you said or did or was done to you is no longer. And by releasing it, by wrapping it in a bubble of love and sending it on its way, you are now free from that and you can start new and fresh in that moment. And so you could do this simple, practical task throughout your day and then spend at least once, preferably twice a day, meditating to get into the place of infinite possibility where new, greater experiences can enter and open yourself up to those wonderful possibilities. Now as we once again bring our attention back to the feel of the air passing through the bridge of our nose. Into the nose and out of the nose. I want you to just sit with this now moment, experiencing the peace, experiencing yourself relaxed, right here and now, becoming familiar with it, joining it, marinating in it, so that it exudes from you, in just you being you, Peace will be self-evident. And now, I want you to slowly, very peacefully, very much in a relaxed state, begin to slowly open your eyes and familiarize yourself with the room that you're in once again. Feeling at one with your surroundings right now. Feeling the love coming to you from everything that's around you right now as you are exemplifying a place of peace right now. You only see peaceful and loving things in your experience. And the beauty of this realization is those things that you are seeing in a peaceful and loving way are things that you might have at one time not seen in that way. But because you have cleaned the slate and let a new painting be pictured or painted and seen, you are having the opportunity and having the experience of something brand new, fresh, and wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I w- just so appreciate that. That was beautiful. And I I hope that... Hold on. I think we're restarting here, so let me turn it off. There we go. I um, wanted... I, I hope 
you all realize that about the amount of time that that Brian gave us there in silence is about a little bit less, about 15 seconds less than a minute. And I can't speak for all of you, but I can speak for myself. Those 45 seconds swelled in volume. To to be in silence, in that present from God, to open it up and see how long a minute is, was huge. It was truly gigantic. And then to come out of that silence and look around me, and I've created a sacred space for myself. I hope each one of you has someplace sacred for yourself, both someplace outside, external to your home, but someplace in your home where you leave the residual of all of the energy that's created when you meditate with us on Sunday mornings, when you meditate with me on Friday mornings, um, just a place that's the same place, that, that fills up with the presence of love of God. Because to come out and look at that place and, and capture my eye at the things that I treasure is it, just gigantic for me, really gigantic. And, and Brian, I thank you. That was beautiful. My pleasure. It really was. It leaves you kind of not wanting to do anything but just sit in and bask in the presence of God in your home with you. Um, I... I think that what we're talking about also is it, when you're using the thine and thy and thou of Yogananda's time. And remember, Yogananda was born in the late 1800s and, and died in 1952. Now, I want those of you who... Uh, Yogananda is my master, but actually it goes a little bit deeper than than Yogananda, but Yogananda is close enough. You know, we can leave it there. And um, one of the things that is is amazing about uh, Yogananda is he died at precisely the moment he he determined he was going to die. And then he, um, at that same his body is is preserved. It never. It does not have any formaldehyde or any of the trip, typical um, things that we put into to our uh, bodies to uh, sustain them after death. But he did. Um, he he continues to exist, and and so his body continues in its current form, an amazing thing. If any of you uh, have the fortitude to read the autobiography of a yogi, I'm always um, appreciate reading it because of the fact that it um, was the first time that I realized I was not alone in having hot hands, and that was such a nice thing to come to know. But um, it also talks about... uh, for those of you who are Yogananda aficionados, it talks about Babaji, who is my um, who is my leader, my master on this planet, anyway. And uh, it's it's an amazing, amazing uh, process to read about it and know that you die at the moment that you choose to die, and that the present is what it is. But we actually have a lot of modern uh, sounding people who talk about the same concepts as. Uh, Yogananda, and one of them that I like very much is uh, Don Miguel Reese, who has written a Toltec book called The Four Agreements, and they are so good because they so apply to what we're talking about today. The first agreement is be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Truth and love. To me, words that we were hearing over and over in that passage from Yogananda. The second agreement is 
don't take anything personally. This is huge. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Once again, going back to what Yogananda was saying about focusing on yourself. This is your zone of power. This is where you can get your own house clean and then let other people say and do what they will. If there's something there for you to learn in their perceptions, then you should learn that. But if there is, if you're comfortable that you're okay, then just proceed forward. I have to be frank with you, there's seldom that there isn't something for me to learn in another person's perception of me. I learn generally. Uh, if nothing else, I'm influenced by the fact that it's their perception, and it's and if it's a negative perception, is one I don't want them to have. And so I will take actions myself to to remedy um, whatever it was that I did that caused that impression. Now, with that said, there are some that I do that, and they still have the same perception. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Jesus. You turn your cheek 40 times 40 times 40, and then you dust the sand from your feet and you move on. If I've made the adjustments and I'm still getting the same negative perception, then I move on. What Yogananda said, quietly. The third agreement is huge. Don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. And the last one is always do your best. Your be- And I love this part. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best, and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pass the baton to you, Brian. Uh, we've got about two minutes left, and uh, of course, we want to go out clapping our hands. So uh, I'll put on uh, "Hello, uh, Love," just kind of at the in "Hello, Light," myself, "Hello, Light" at the at the very end when there's one minute left. But why don't you uh, talk with us a bit? I think I've dominated today. Oh no, no worries. It's been whatever it needs to be. And I'm always accepting of whatever it needs to be. And the idea I just want to leave with at the end of the show is that each moment is a fresh new moment. And we can really experience something different. We can release an old thing, that an old hurtful thing that we might have done or been done to us and experience the joy of the next fresh new moment if we simply have the desire to let it go and want to experience exactly that. And so that's the idea I'd like to leave with for the for this week. And me too. Thank you. I join with you in that. Each moment is new. The Dalai Lama says that we are writing our scripts of our lives and we get to use the eraser and start over in every new moment. Mm. So we invite all of you to do that this week. Remember your words. Remember the passage in the Bible that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you think about your words as divine pieces of energy coming out of your mouth, it does alter your appearance a little. And with that, we're going to say we're so glad you joined us and go out with Hello Light. Peace be with you all until next week. Um, Those of you who come on uh, next Friday, I have a little surprise for the following week. I love this song, Brian. Yes, do I. I'll feel. Thank you, all listeners. Have a Thank wonderful week. All. 
Absolutely. I okay. apologize for talking over you, Brian. Thank you all. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flame. I beheld only God. Peace be with you.